0: Galactic Command, the nebula planet, a quick synopsis. Oh God, not another author writing his or her spectacular version of a Starship series. Fitting Robert P. here. I'm making no such claim. Reality for the humans of galactic command exists far in the future where history has ebbed and flowed since we left the confines of our precious little earth. There are more months of the year with different names because as time progresses, things change. Humanity has populated the Milky Way. And as a result of time and evolution, variations of the human species abound. But here's the key that defies every cinematic production since E.T., the extraterrestrial. After a thousand years of searching and listening, a truly alien form of life has never been found. The Nebula planet is not a nebula, but a remote planet overlooking a stunning nebula. Behind me is the Rosette Nebula, 100 light years across and some 5,000 light years away from Earth, located in the constellation of the Unicorn. Let's take a CAT scan of this phantasm. Bright, newly minted stars four million years ago, a whole bunch of dark clouds being swirled around by the solar winds, gaseous monstrosities hydrogen molecules for good snapshots. The idea is that the nebula in the novel is far away and a leading scientist, Dr. Howard Ellison's exploratory party is missing. And out there that lends a great mystery that galactic command will be forced to address. Did I hear you say how boring Fitton's book is with no aliens aboard ship? Perhaps some will abandon my ship. Goodbye. Let me bring you aboard Explorer Spaceship ESS-14, I drew a six foot model of the ship before I began writing Galactic Command. The power to move the ship beyond the speed of light is found in the Eldridge coils, Ronald Eldridge inventor, which bends space like an elastic, thrusting the ship forward. Frank Muldoon is the ship's engineer and responsible for the coil. So is the mover that extends the length of the ship and travels at a steady pace to the locus, The nexus of control of the ESS vessels. Officers' cabins are directly below the locus, and the other quarters are located along the length of the ship. Before I bring Commander Ross into the narrative, let me introduce Polonis, artificially constructed intelligence that permeates the ship and the ancillary vessels and communication devices. Frank Muldoon is notoriously annoyed with Polonis, especially when the computer is right. Anyone who is familiar with Star Trek, the original series, knows how important it is to have interaction between the crew. It makes the series buzz. Commander Ross is strong, decisive, and capable. His father still works as an intelligence officer. By Ross's side on the Locust is the affable but highly trained Hugh Lindy Lindsay, his first officer. Lindy is unflinchingly loyal to Ross. The ship's chief medical officer, Dr. Mike Pfeiffer, is well known for being able to defeat Commander Ross in self-defensive matches. Crutch Kaczynski oversees the security on the vessel. Along both sides of the center ship are the Sky Pilot Bays, the battle fighters that are used in engagements. Ross's best friend, Craig Dugan, a Sky Pilot, was killed in the Antarian War. And speaking of Antarians, you can't trust them. They are compact, muscular human offshoots who were just defeated by Ross in the Battle of Marigold. There is a command hierarchy structure complete with admirals, commanders, first and second rank officers. It is Admiral Ebert who sends a security team to haul Ross and Lindy out of a pit bar on the mothership. Despite the protest, they are placed in a secure cell with a force field. Orders are given to travel to deep, deep space to find Dr. Ellison and the expedition party. Accompanying Ross on the voyage is an old friend, a reporter, also called a bender. With the war concluded with a treaty, stories still abound about spies, with one aboard ESS-14, which leads to a tense situation, far away from command bases, in a rogue incompetent ESS commander Jack Bragg is hatched into this plot with the Antarians. It creates an unusual situation for Ross. As the tragic situation develops aboard ship, they close in on the nebula planet with the nebula itself filling the sky. The investigation of the planet yields information which prompts Ross to proceed into the nebula itself. What waits them beyond is not like anything they've ever seen before. They do find Ellison and the others, and experience the genius of Ellison as he constructs unimaginable ways to navigate through space. The bonus is rewarding, especially for Ross, but the consequence is devastating for galactic command. My mission statement for this book is to adhere to the strong characters and their interaction, to simplify the ship, even though it does have a Cambiant room for virtual viewing trips, and it does have a blockbuster ending on this particular book. To read or listen to this blockbuster ending you can travel by mouse click or phone tap to amazon and get the paperback or kindle editions the audio version is available at audible.com i am robert p fitton and this has been a quick synopsis of galactic command the nebula planet